Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good early, early Monday morning, and welcome to a sporadic episode of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, also known as Fabian, and my co-host, Mark the Magician, is here with us. The time, 12.30 a.m. on the East Coast, and I always forget this part, 10.30 p.m., Sunday on the left coast. And that's actually 9.30, my bad. Anyway, this program is brought to you by Wall Street Journal, the right news at the right time, wsj.com. Put political straight talk in the upper right-hand box. It'll give you a discount. It'll make me some money, and everybody's happy. Also brought to you by Chick-fil-A, where they didn't invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. Have a number one large-sized with a cherry Coke today. The reason we're doing this episode is that, one, as many of you know, I'm part of Ragtag Patriots, and that takes up a lot of our time, but we come on here occasionally and we discuss issues that intrigue me, intrigue Mark, intrigue others that may uh, be a part of our circle, and the truth is, I saw some things tonight that just uh, tickle me. We're going to discuss them. And just to kind of give everybody a a heads up, I started out with Daryl Worley's song, Have You Forgotten? Not because anything major happened today of of terrorism or whatever, but that we should all be reminded every day that 3,000 people gave up their lives for an ideology. And they gave their lives for a political movement that is trying to weasel its way into our schools, into our homes, into our churches, into our government, and into the very fabric of American lives. Now, in other programs I can't say this, but I can sure as hell say it on mine. We don't want you ragheaded bastards here. And if you're going to be here, you come into our way of life and do things our way or get the fuck out. And that's about as simple as I can put it. Okay? There is no such thing as a good Muslim. You all are terrorists. You all want to kill anybody that doesn't believe in Islam. And personally, I think every ragheaded bastard ought to be shot on sight. That is my opinion. And does not necessarily reflect that of my guests. But the deal is that I'm tired of everybody pussyfooting around everything. So... 
on this program, it's going to be titled, Let's Call a Spade a Spade. And that's the bottom line, because I said so. Mark, how are you today? I am absolutely peachy. You stole my line. Barbara, how are you today? I'm fine. I just wish you would just come out and say what you really mean. Sometimes, you know, I try. I know. All right. I know you Here's the deal. We've got people shooting people in this country. We've got blacks shooting blacks, whites shooting blacks, blacks shooting whites, Mexicans shooting everybody. Here's the deal. If you use a gun, which is a tool, and you take another human life for no reason other than you want to take a human life, you are despicable. They should lock you up and throw away the key. Okay? They should fry your ass, just to be more specific, or stick a needle in your arm. And it shouldn't take 25 years to work out the appeals process. They ought to have an express lane like they do at the checkout counter, and your ass ought to get all of your appeals, bing, bang, boom, needle, goodbye. Pure and simple. Because contrary to what a lot of these people say, this would stop a lot of that crap. If you knew you were going to prison and you would be dead within a year to a year and a half because you murdered somebody, you probably are going to think twice about murdering somebody. But you go to prison, you sit there for 25 years before they have a chance to put a needle in your arm where you don't have to work. You're provided three hots and a cot. Um, You know what? That's not necessarily a bad lifestyle for some people. Well, because they don't implement the death penalty a lot in these states. But the unfortunate thing is the Democrat Party has categorized anyone who has killed as a victim. And then it's just... Pure bullshit. Because if you've taken a human life, you are nothing more than an animal. So you should not have appeals. You should not be living off of three hots and a cot. You should be put to death as soon as the judge says you're guilty and slams the gavel. Take him out back, shoot him. And that goes for anyone, be it Green, yellow, purple, yellow, Muslim, Christian, it's Gnostic. It doesn't matter. Because you have committed the greatest offense in our judicial system. So, you should be put to death as soon as the gavel is struck. That's it. It's what they did in the 18th century. They now, twenty-five years. Now I will I will pull this because I do think that we have to make sure they're guilty. And anybody that knows our witness testimony has been uh, proven to be very unreliable. So I do think if we institute the death penalty, which I'm in favor of, we have to make sure they're guilty. Because the truth is, if even one person is found innocent that's been put on death row, then one death is too many. And I know that sounds counterproductive to what I just said, but the truth is, if we can 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt prove that they're guilty, DNA, etc., etc., fry their ass. Well, we live in the modern times. This is the 21st century. We have DNA evidence. And we have a host of different elements 
that we did not have 50 years ago. So if someone is proven guilty without a reasonable doubt, and there is enough evidence that that person pulled the trigger or did the act, they should fry or die as soon as the gavel strikes. And now we've got DNA. So, I mean, you know, now it's going to be it's easier to prove if these people did it or not. And And I agree with that. And I think that the, these gun violence shootings that we're seeing uh, should be, I think they would cut way down. I also think that if you had open carry in all 50 states in the District of Columbia, mm-hmm. I think a lot of things would go would, would go down. Mm-hmm. Okay, and... Well, it's... The problem that you've got are all these people being shot and murdered. And if you look, it's happening in areas that have gun-free zones. Well, it's gun-free for anybody that obeys the law. Look in the city of Nashville. Look at all the shootings. They've had 10 deaths in the past seven days. Yeah, we got a shooting right here in Shelbyville. There's a guy going around, Muslim, going around shooting churches right now. 10 Ten people have been murdered in Nashville in the last seven days. Nashville is a sanctuary city. It is also a city where you can you can carry a gun, but it's strongly discouraged. If you come to my neck of the woods, that's not going to happen, I promise you. Okay, there was a guy going around here robbing houses. And he was told, that they went on the news, and they're like, look, you need to quit doing this because you're out in the county, and they kill people. There's a town in Georgia. I used to work with yep. somebody, and I can't remember the name of the town. And they were told, it was passed by the town council, that every person in that town can carry guns. You know that there is not one killing in that town. Not one. Not one crime. Not one shooting. Nothing. You know, so, I mean, it, it does work. I mean, you know, it just. <laughs> so, yeah, there's this business about, well, good gun control, gun control, gun control. Have people carry their own guns, and by God, this gun, this gun business will stop. Because I'll tell you what, if somebody breaks into my house and I got a firearm, that person is dead. Because I had a cop tell me once, he said, "Just make sure you drag them over the front." <laughs> well, the deal is here. They told the guy, "Look, they will shoot you." Well, he made the mistake of being on our front porch. Bing bang. So I'm just saying that with all the gun violence that's going on, it's not the gun that's the problem. The person behind the gun. Yeah. It's our derelict gun laws, just to be honest, because the only thing, the gun laws only affect those who choose to obey the law. Okay. 
Moving on to the next topic. And ladies that have come on since we've been recording, I will tell you that I'm on a roll this evening. I'm just going to give you a heads up. All right, the next topic, and I know everybody's going to be excited to hear this one. <laughs> Justice Barack Obama, United States no Supreme way. Court. It has been leaked. It actually was leaked early last week, but I was asked to keep it quiet until it broke in the newspaper. Well, it's going to break in the newspaper in the morning that Hillary Clinton will put Barack Obama on the Supreme Court. Oh, that's new. That's new. Nothing new. That's all that coming. If she's elected, she'll put Barack Obama on the Supremes, and then when she replaces Darth Vader Ginsburg, it'll be with Bill Clinton. Yep. Boy, God help us. And both of them would be approved. God help us. I thought he was going to go after uh, the United Nations. Mark, are you calling on both phones? No. No. Mark. Yes. It shows you on both of your phones. I don't have two phones to call. <laughs> I didn't say Barbara. I said Mark. Oh, I'm fine. So is Bud. What was that? <laughs> Mark. 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 Yeah, I'm on both phones right now. Okay, well, pick one. Anyway, moving on to the next topic, by the way. This program is sponsored by the Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com, the right news at the right time. Uh, Next no, topic. I, I thought he was going to go after the Secretary of the United Nations. That's what I thought he wanted. Obama. Or Osama. It's, it's less political because they're trying to get Muchel into the Senate in North Carolina. Oh, God. Oh, God, no. So we'll have yeah, Senator he Obama. He doesn't have a political background. <laughs> okay. Her popularity, according to the media, her popularity is at an all-time high. Shit. Compared to what? <laughs> I have no idea. She uses both bathrooms. Well, she'd be the first transgender senator, so. God almighty. I say Pat for president. I believe you. I'd vote for (laughs) Pat for president. There you go. She's a night owl, so that would, you know, that she could burn the midnight oil at the White House, get some more serious work done while the rest of us slept. No, Mm -hmm. I'd be on our cabinet. Sounds like a good idea. I'm up all night doing ancestors so I could be on the cabinet. (laughs) 
I could be in the closet. <laughs> no, that's the wrong thing to say. Oh, wow. No, that's the wrong thing to say. I take that back. <laughs> Is there something you need to tell us? No, 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 no. I don't know, no, no, no. no. Okay. Well, I'll say that was well, the wrong thing to say. Stretch that from this recording, please. Breaking news on Political Straight Talk. Barbara is in the closet. Next topic up. Vice presidential debates coming up Tuesday. It's been virtually quiet from both camps. No talking about the vice presidential debate. And I do mean nothing. Yeah, I know. No jabs, no barbs. Nobody has shot one across the bow. Do we think this is going to be a real snooze-a-palooza? Very strange. Possibility. Yep. Well, I don't know. Pat Pat will be giving us a breakdown Tuesday after the debate because she's going to be the only one watching it. I'll watch. Okay. I didn't didn't know I was watching that debate. I'll watch from my secluded bunker. <laughs> Wherever that may be. I will tell you, I am not at all thrilled about having to watch this debate on Tuesday. Me neither. Well, I know we're going to be asked to watch by our by our our leader. Fearless leader. Yes, we we want we want everybody watching the debate because here's the thing we have to be able to break it down and sound like we know what we're talking about. And and I will tell you, I know for a fact a couple of people skipped out on watching that debate last week. I watched it. I watched it. I was on there talking to you about it. But I think what we may do last time we all went to that private channel and we kind of watched it and. At least the latter part of it, we were on a call watching it all cumulatively. That may be what we do this time. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Go to a private line. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Okay. How did Trump's week go this week? Um, The debate aside. How was Trump's week? Keep it short, concise, and don't put us to sleep. Mark. (laughs) If Trump would leave a 20-plus-year-old beauty queen alone and go back to issues, he would be fine. I don't care how many pounds she gained in 98 Go back to issues and go after Hillary. Because for God's sakes, Hillary could not win a beauty pageant with thousand dollar bills attached to her forehead. <laughs> well, I think that I think that Trump feeling the need to defend himself because I don't think he needs to defend himself. She violated her contract and that's pure and simple. Right. And you leave that be. But, but he I do think I do think he needs to get the discussion back on track. Yeah. Oh, they released his 1995 tax return, 
were basically showing he showed a nine hundred and eighteen or nine hundred and sixteen million dollar loss. And if you show a loss that huge, like if I show a loss on my taxes the following year or two years, I don't have to pay taxes to try and recoup those losses. So it's not anything that's illegal. And, you know, that $918 million is a big number. Um, but I think that the Clinton campaign is, is blowing a lot of smoke. I don't yeah. think they're going to catch any traction on that story. And the fact that they released it today says that most of the media doesn't think they're going to grab it either. So, okay, um, I went to Mark about his opinion. I will go to Pat about hers. I think he's disastrous. He does not know how to keep his foot out of his mouth. Do you think that maybe him putting his foot in his mouth is part of his appeal? Not to me, it isn't. No, I, I don't mean to you, but I mean to the John Q. public. He doesn't come across as a seasoned politician. He doesn't come across as a guy that has been in politics for 40 years. Do you think that that's part of why a lot of independents and conservative Democrats and Republicans are are attracted to it? I think it will. It will attract the low-information voters. Just like Barbara was saying before about Michelle Obama going for the Senate, she has no political experience. Well, neither does Donald Trump. But people don't look at it that way. Okay, well, if we look at it from that thought point, thought, then Hillary should be president because she's got 26 years of political experience. I you see the, you see the I point? See, I see what you're saying, but I I can't stand either one of them. <laughs> I'm I sorry, know. I can't find a redeeming value I, in either one of those besides right. they're human beings. That's it. That's and as far and as I goes. know... And I know that that answering that question is hard on you, and I do apologize. Patricia. Uh, He needs to learn to stop going to Twitter all the time. (laughs) I saw one of his Twitter posts today, and I don't usually look at Twitter, but I saw a couple today that are pretty funny. He just can't help himself, though. He needs he needs to grow up. Well, and he's, I think that's one of insecure. his. Okay. Next, oh, oh, I have to tell you all. I got a phone call today. Well, let me finish this out and let me roll into the next segment. The next segment, oh, by the way, this program is also brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Well, they didn't invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. Have a number one large size with a Jerry Coke. You didn't ask me. Um, I know, Barbara, I don't always ask everybody, okay? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm I don't. To, I'm going back to the closet. <laughs> I figured you were a Clinton supporter. Yeah, um, yeah, mo- <laughs> yeah, Moving on. Yeah. Two words. Designated survivor. Wednesday oh, nights, okay. ABC, 10 p.m. Eastern. Now, the reason I bring this up is I have gotten several phone calls over the last few days asking what a designated survivor is, if it's real, and if they should watch the program. 
My response has been, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> anyway, so we may have some more viewers. I just thought everybody would like to know that. Wednesday nights, 10 p.m., it stars Jack Bauer, also known as Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, moving on to the next topic, Islam, Islam in today's schools. There is a report out that... Tennessee has decided to drop a section of the social studies curriculum that highlights the greatness of Islam. Now, I went researching this yesterday and today, and I found that whereas they stated they have done it, the actual fact check shows that they have not. Correct. So... Um, Pat, I think you're the one that posted the deadlines and stuff to look at least at Tennessee's curriculum, and I encourage other people to go to other states and look at their curriculum. What are the deadlines for Tennessee? In Tennessee, it's October the 28th, and you can go online to the Tennessee Department of Education and go over the reviews and put your comments in. Nothing is definite yet, so by them saying that it has been dropped, that's a lie, because it hasn't been dropped. It's still under review. But one of the things that I have heard also is that if they do drop that part, they're going to be dropping a lot of the Tennessee history, like um, about the Cherokees, about where the name Tennessee came from, and a lot of local state history. Uh Uh-oh. Now, I did see that, and that actually broke on WKRN earlier today. I saw that right before we came online. Okay, I haven't seen the news because today's football day. Football? What's that? (laughs) It's a pigskin. Oh, I don't watch football. Not even UT? Well, of course I watch UT. I was so mad yesterday. The last two minutes of the game, I could have chewed nails and bit them at people. By the way, my balls are 5-0. and oh, And what is uh, LSU? 3-4. I'm just saying. Okay, next topic. Let's move on. Let's move on. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. I will say this. The greatest achievement of Islam is taking down the Twin Towers. Well, what Christianity did afterwards was invade the Middle East. And they pushed those pantyways back to the 7th century where they belong. Okay, you can go. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you. Well, most of y'all missed my diatribe about Islam when we first come on the air. But here's the deal. And and I can say it on this program, other ones I can't. Islam needs to be stamped out. Mm-hmm. Pure and simple. And I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the approach as they did in Tombstone the movie. Now, Tombstone happens to be one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. And Wyatt Earp gets a little hot under the collar after some of his family shot up and killed. He goes and finds oh, uh, oh, the nasty one, and he finds him and he says, "You tell him that the law's coming. You tell him I'm coming. If I see a man wearing a red sash, 
I kill the man wearing it. And I think if we see a bastard wearing a red-headed turban, we kill the man wearing it. And I know that sounds harsh, and I know that sounds strong, but if you're a Muslim, your primary goal is to kill anybody that does not believe in Islam. That's right. Period. Right. So either assimilate to what we do and do it the way we do it or get the frick out. Pure and simple. I'm pretty sure we can find some boats, blow a few holes in them, and send you out on the Pacific headed back. I've just had my feel. I've I've heard enough stuff today. The Islam idiot out in California that ran the veteran's car, uh, T-boned him all because he was a veteran. You've got a guy going around shooting up churches here in in Tennessee. You've got another fellow that is uh, called on people to rape white girls uh, that are non-Islam. Here's the deal. If you rape somebody... You ought to have your dick cut off. And I don't care who you are. Down this route. You rape somebody, cut that son of a bitch off. You can piss through a tube the rest of your life. I'm sorry, ladies, but that's the facts. I totally agree. And if you commit... When you do it. You commit a religious fanatical act like that fellow in California who tried to murder the veteran. We know it happened. We see it on camera. Get a rope, nice and cheap, and string his ass up. Swing him till he's dead. You know what? They'll quit this shit. Yep. I'm sick of it. I really am sick of it. If you mess with a child, there is no redeeming you. There's a 98% recidivism rate amongst child molesters. String them up. Got one even better cut their dick off, and let them bleed out. The best part about Muslims, decree, target huh. practice for the American armed forces. Well, Other than that, they're pretty much useless. Except for I agree that... And, um, for, child molesters. For listeners of this program, you'll find that tonight I'm taking a very hard line on some of this stuff. And the truth is, I've I've kind of pulled back over the years when I shouldn't have and should call a spade a spade. This is stupid. We're allowing we're sitting back and we're allowing people to try and take over our country, not just Islam. We're talking whites, blacks, um and don't even get me started on Black Lives Matter. That's the number one terrorist organization in the United States. But people are too afraid to call them what they are, terrorists. They are racist, and they are no better than the Ku Klux Klan, the Aryan Nation, or any of those other groups that the Southern Poverty Law Center lists. But they refuse to list Black Lives Matter because, oh, it's a movement for social justice. No, Dr. Martin Luther King was a movement for social justice. Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization that ought to be locked up and shipped to Gitmo. Better yet. Wrap their African-American asses, as they call themselves up, put them on a boat straight back to Africa. Yep. Guarantee you, once they get there, they'll be ready to come back, and they'll no longer be African-American. They'll just be plain American. The latest <laughs> piece of crap that has been shot by 
the police in Charlotte. He wasn't going to college. He wasn't well-educated. He was just a piece of garbage who just happened to pull a gun on a police officer who happened to be the same color as he was. So all you protesters out there, go look at yourselves in the mirror, and you may feel that you're a victim because this garbage was a victim also. But in hindsight, the world is better without pieces of garbage roaming the streets who have been killed by cops who were duly appointed to their position. They were trying to kill cops. Well, yes, and this were. is the thing. If a cop tells you to put something down, put it down. If they tell you to put your hands where they can see them, put your damn hands where they can see them. It is that simple. Doesn't require it being a police state. Doesn't require it, oh, they're overstepping their bounds. they got to go home to their families, too. And I'm just going to tell you, you go and you raise something against a police officer and they think it's a gun, they will kill you. They don't have to know it's a gun. All they have to do is fear for their safety, and they can shoot you. And you know what? I don't blame them. I will say this. The pieces of garbage that have been killed by those in the media who trump them up as heroes, the world is better off without these pieces of garbage on American streets. Well, let me rehash one. Let let me rehash one. And by the way, for you all that are on the call here, if you're going, to, if you want to say something, it's it's pop in, okay? Um, I don't always call on people. I wait on them to pop in. In some cases, Trayvon Martin. If Obama had had a son, he would look like Trayvon. Did he deserve to be shot? Yep. And yep. would you all have pulled the trigger? Yep. Yes, I would have. Because I knew that eventually Trayvon was going to be in the prison system. And that prison system would have been paid by my tax dollars. So no matter how innocent he may have looked in that 13-year-old photo that the media has portrayed him as, right. he was a piece of garbage that was going to be in prison for the rest of his life anyway. They're, they forgot to put up the picture of him holding the two guns, pointing it at the camera. Yeah. Yeah, they forgot Thanks. all of this because Trayvon was going to college, he was going to graduate high school, and he had a best friend who may have spoken three languages but couldn't spell the word the. The so, issue I've got with the Trayvon Martin thing is he was in a neighborhood that he wasn't supposed to be in. He was in a hoodie on a warm, muggy night, and he attacked... Now, Zimmerman wasn't perfect on this, okay, because Zimmerman was told to stay in his car, and he didn't. But once his head began being hit into the concrete, yeah, I'd have shot that bastard. And, you know, that's that's one of the points that I wanted to make, is that a lot of these neighborhood watch groups and a lot of these people that are carry permit holders, a lot of them are afraid to pull their weapons or to defend themselves because of this dumb crap. There's a guy right now that's on trial in southwest Virginia because he was driving through the mountains 
and two people tried to jack his car, and he shot him. Well, they they decided that he used excessive force and that he should have uh, given them the car. Really? Yep. I mean, what, Virginia, who's fighting Vir- these judges on? Virginia doesn't have a stand your ground. Jeez, oh. So I have uh, I have huge problems with this. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to the next topic. Tennessee being a pill mill. Virginia being a pill mill. Louisiana being a pill mill. What do we do to get a hold on the prescription drug problem that we have in this country? Oh, boy, I wish I knew. We'd have to start with the dealers. Those that get hooked on them, and then they start stealing and and dealing it. Those are the ones we need to go after first to stop. But but it's the doctors who are over prescribing them. Tennessee is one of the states that it's the easiest to get it. To get any doctor will give you pain pills right off the bat, and people get hooked on them, and they turn into all you know. Once their prescription runs out, they'll figure out other ways to try and keep on getting it. I agree. Something's got to be done with the doctors. Yeah, they need to be held accountable also. My well, question. You've already got a law in place, and it's against law, the shop, the doctor shop. But unfortunately, that's not working. <laughs> you know, these people it's are against the law them. once they catch them, but they're going ahead and doing it for the longest time. And when they can't doctor shop anymore, then they'll go down on the street and start stealing for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem stems from the fact that doctors are under so much scrutiny these days. Because if a patient feels that they have been neglected, they will file a malpractice lawsuit. So any patient who feels that they're in pain, they'll go to a doctor, the doctor will say, will raise his hands up and say, okay, listen, here's some lower tab, here's some opiates, here's some things to make your pain go away because I don't want to get sued. And that's the ugliness of the American medical system at this point. In reality, we need doctors who are more hands-on. We need doctors who will actually treat the patient instead of prescribing something to alleviate a symptom. And I will blame lawyers, because lawyers, for the most part, are looking after their own bottom line instead of the care of their clients. One of the best examples is a man named John Edwards. You may remember that name because he he was the vice presidential nominee Well, John Edwards made his career being 
a crime lawyer and using junk science to give his clients more money than they deserve. So John Edwards is a is part of the bigger problem. And Obama talks about health care reform. They did the Affordable Care Act and all this other crap. When in hindsight, what you really need is the trial lawyers being taken being taken out of the medical industry. Because the problem we have is prescription drugs and the effects once those prescriptions run out is nothing more than the trial lawyers and the legal system going against what medical professionals have been trained to do. And then you add in the pharmaceutical companies who entice the doctors to continue pushing their product. It's a vicious cycle. Well, yeah, the and the doctors, the lawyers, and the pharmaceuticals. Another thing, I can't get Lortab from my pain doctor. I mean, my physician. Because Blue Cross and Blue Shield will put a stop on it. They say I have to go to a pain clinic. Well, I can't afford to go to a pain clinic every month and every month. I can't get the sleeping pills that I need because I have insomnia. They will write my doctor and say, no, we can't allow this. I can't get muscle relaxants, certain muscle relaxants, because that's how Governor Haslam has regulated the medications issued out in Tennessee. Thank you, Governor Haslam. But thank you to the people who have uh, <clears throat> misuse got hooked on these drugs and now the people who really need this medication can't get it. So, yeah. It's quite funny that if you have a prescription for an opioid, be it Lortab, Valium, I'm sorry, Vicodin, or Tylenol 3, you know, anything that makes your pain go away. If you are someone who, is, who will not abuse it, you are someone who really needs it because you are in pain. You can't get it. Because at this point, you have so many offenders who will abuse the system that it becomes almost unattainable by those who need it. You know, one of the best examples, I get sinus infections at least twice a year. The only thing that works for me is Advil cold and sinus. Well, Advil cold and sinus contains an ingredient that it is sold over the counter, but I must give my identification, mm-hmm. and I must ensure that I am not purchasing so much in a month span. 
because it is one of those drugs that is abused by those making methamphetamine. Exactly. Now, it will come to the point where I will have to go see a doctor before I am prescribed an over-the-counter medication because we have people who have been addicted to the simplest of things because they have no hope for their lives. And it's very unfortunate because we have one party in this country who portrays everyone as victims. And when those people or those victims, as they call them, have no substantive use for their being on this earth, they start doing things that are evil. For example, I have some neighbors in my area. I know they make meth on a constant basis. Actually, there's the house down the road. They make the meth. The house across the street from me sells the meth. They're all interconnected. None of them have jobs. They probably live off the government or my tax dollars. But for the most part, the Democrat Party calls them victims. So they will continue to provide my tax dollars for their way of life. And they will subsidize their income by making illegal substances and then selling them. And we think that's supposed to be the norm in this country. We look at the war on drugs. We look at the things that are going on in major population centers. What's going on in Chicago and in a host of other major mass urban areas with the crime and the violence ratios, it's not that they are just angry. They're trying to become something more than just a government statistic. So what you have in Chicago is nothing more than gang wars over drugs. There are some big supplier who gives them cocaine or marijuana or a host of other different drugs. So they become gangs to try to peddle their product. And in the long run, you have people killing other people because it's infringing on their business. So you're saying we take all the drug addicts that we capture, put them on Alcatraz, give them as much drugs as they could possibly want, and food for half of them. No, what I'm saying is we take out the victim mentality of the Democrat Party. We go into those urban centers and say, listen, you have been living a lie for the last so many years. Let's re-educate you. That drugs are not the answer. Your gang lifestyle is not the answer. And for the, and for God's sakes, your idea of you are dependent upon the government is not the answer. See, we have a, we have a host of 
people who have delivered themselves out of the narrative of the Democrat Party. But and and Carson. Mark. Yes. Time to put you back on topic. Because as I recall, we were talking about drugs. And there are just as many Republican drug addicts as there are Democratic drug addicts. And I understand that going down that path has a lot to do with economics. My question was, how do we solve it? Everybody to a man said, we don't know. Well, I, I, I do think we go after the doctors, but then I go back to the whole what happens to those that truly need it and can't get it question. But let's move on to the next topic. And we will let Patricia start this topic out. Go ahead. There is a new app out there. Say yes to sex. This app is, and <laughs> Patricia's like, why in the hell did you start with me? Really? This, this app basically allows you to give consent. And when I read about it today and I looked at the app, the way I understand it is the person that <laughs> that's wanting to engage in uh, the urge to merge, they send you a text, hey, urge to merge. And you go through this app and you answer a bunch of questions, and it basically puts a record of giving permission. Now, I contacted a lawyer friend of mine and said, what is the legal ramifications of this? And he basically said there are none, um, and it probably wouldn't hold up at the end of the day. And so my question is, do we use the Say Yes to Sex app? Would it solve any problems? Or is it just one of those things that somebody's trying to capitalize on? And given Patricia's extensive background as a sex therapist, Patricia, we want to know, would it work? In two words, hell no. Okay. (laughs) Now, just... Just for other listeners out there, she worked at the Bunny Ranch in Nevada for years and years as a sex therapist. She would know. <laughs> like, hell no, I didn't. I'm just kidding, y'all. Pat, would this be a solution for uh, recent things we've seen in the news? I don't think so. I think people will try it just because it's a novelty at first, but I really don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. Barbara, I heard you've already made use of this app. How did it work out? <laughs> what app? The Say Yes to Sex app. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can anybody say that she wasn't listening? Uh, uh, I will. She wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the bunker. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> well, did you you? How did that work out for you? <laughs> did you use the app in the bunker? Oh, I, I'm just. I'm doing fine. I'm eating chocolate cake, and you know, we're just. You know, we're doing fine. So the app worked for you? 
I refuse to answer on the on the grounds that it will incriminate me. Oh, that says more than you could have ever said by saying yes. Okay, moving on. Uh, oh gosh, you stepped right into that one. Mark, how's the use of the say yes to sex app working for you and Tammy? Well, I have always been of the impression that I can talk my way into any situation Careful. or talk Careful. myself out of any situation. So I don't need an app to perpetuate my love life because hopefully I have the ability to talk my way into wow. another region. So, so you're one of them schmoozers, huh? Well, the reason I didn't hear the question because I was changing batteries in the Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say you didn't hear because you were changing batteries? Yes, you did. In this in this topic, Barbara, you should probably avoid saying that you're changing batteries. <laughs> you should invest in ones that you plug in. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just just plug it in. Then she can walk around and sing, "Plug it in, plug it in." <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm changing batteries. No, 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 no. No, we no, don't want no. to hear it. Next topic. No, next topic. Here we go. Next topic. I'm changing, I'm changing batteries in Halloween ghost. <laughs> that what you call it nowadays. Okay, yeah. next topic. Here we go. Wow. I'll take a picture of it. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right. Seriously, the next topic is the uh, the news story about Taxes, Trump. Well, nah, we're not gonna break down that rabbit hole. Let's go to Clinton. WikiLeaks has for weeks said that they're gonna drop a bombshell on Tuesday that will basically end Clinton's campaign. Today, today he released a story that says, "Well, I'm not gonna do it because, well, it could. Uh, I'm worried about my safety." Now, he's in Britain in the Ecuadorian embassy. Okay. Yeah. Now, he's been in the Ecuadorian embassy for years. He can't leave. If he leaves, uh, they're going to arrest him. Because not only does Interpol have a nice big fat arrest warrant for him, but the United States has a big fat arrest warrant for him, and so does Great Britain. However, the Ecuadorian embassy is sovereign property of their nation and well, they can't break it. So he's been stuck there. They've tried to smuggle him out. He almost gets caught and the last thing he wants to do is get caught because they will put him in a CIA black site and MI6 and the CIA will have so much fun with him, he will be screaming, hey daddy, don't hurt me. They don't Spit on it, Papa. It's catching traction. Will be his mantra. Anyway, so do does he really have anything, or do we think that maybe this was just kind of something to keep him in the limelight? I think it was a bluff. 
he has something. And knowing the okay. Clintons, they will bomb the embassy. Just <laughs> be like, look here, Obama, we need you to drop a targeted cruise missile to just hit that embassy. Well, you don't realize work. Just, I, ask, just ask Vince Foster who he's voting for in this presidential election. Well, we know who Vince Foster's voting for, the Clintons. No, he's voting for Trump. No, he did. He's already registered as a Democrat twice over since he's been dead. Who's that? Who's dead? Vince Foster. Oh, Hell, man. Ronald Reagan announced he's voting for yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. next topic, and I'm I'm glad you bring up Ronald Reagan and, and Vince Foster. Let us bring up Barbara Bush. Oh. Granddaughter to Barbara Bush. Daughter to President G.W. Right. She was at a fundraiser for the Clintons in Paris. Now, she did not, and I repeat, did not have any photo taken with the First Lady or Senator or whatever you want to call her. And her business there could have been twofold. Does that send a loud message to a lot of Bush's supporters that, hey, he's supporting Hillary. And he won't. As the most recent, as President Emeritus of the United States, he won't. Well, his father did. Well, you know what? H.W. can say what he wants to. He's not the President Emeritus currently. President Bush is. And uh, you know what? H.W. has earned his right to say what he wants to, when he wants to, and people listen. But I don't think W. nor do I think Jeb is going to come out and say anything. No, I don't think so either. I think you're right. Now, I think once January 20th hits and he's no longer President Emeritus and Obama becomes President Emeritus, I think maybe he has a little more to say. But I don't think he says anything up to that. That's scary thought, isn't it? What's that? Obama Emeritus. What the hell does that mean anyway? <laughs> it just means that you're the immediate past president. Uh, it's not an official title. I kind of hung that on him. But okay. you, like Pat Summit was head coach Emeritus, she was the most immediate past coach. And usually they do refer to them as Emeritus, like if a pastor retires. Um, from a church, and the new pastor comes in. Well, the pastor that retired is the pastor emeritus. Okay. It's basically a a title of respect. You know, I'm almost depressed because I think that Barbara Bush, W's daughter, is the more beautiful of the twins, just because I like dark hair. She is, but I will tell you, Jenna is the more fun. Well, yeah, I understand that, but I saw the picture, and she was standing next to Huma. So yeah, I, I saw that. But they're also friends, and so could that they're, be... They're all friends and all this. I don't know what her ideology is. I'm hoping she's a Republican like her father. She is. So, 
she was in a group in Paris with a bunch of other Americans. So maybe she got homesick. But you understand she is the executive director of the Bush Foundation. Yes, I understand And that. so and part I, of I also understand what she has done in Africa over the last eight years. So I would so. give her the benefit of the doubt. I don't think any of the Bush daughters, I don't think any, any of the people in the Bush family will be political when it comes to this election. I, I think whatever they do in the ballot box will be their business, which is what kind of, and I don't want to hear any Helen Kellers, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I understand that's why I had such a problem with Ted. And a lot of his supporters come out and said, oh, well, he didn't endorse Trump. Well, yes, he did. When he said, this is who I'm voting for, Yes, he did. If he wasn't going to endorse him, he would have kept his vote to himself, and he would have just voted for Trump in the ballot box. Okay? And a picture is worth a thousand words. And in this case, Barbara may not have going to be voting for Clinton. Now, I do think that if uh, if Senior, if H.W. votes for Clinton, that means Barbara, Grandma Barbara, First Lady Barbara will vote for Clinton. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else will. So, now, everybody put your Trump hats on for a minute. And, Pat, I know that's going to be hardest for you. Yes, sir. But you're a good sport, and you're going to play along. What do you see Trump doing his first few days in office? And before somebody smarts off and says inauguration and balls, we're gonna fast forward. We're gonna fast forward all that. We're down to work. All the partying's over. The millions of people have left Washington D.C. to head back home to their boring little lives. What does a President Trump do on his first few days in office? And I'm not gonna pick on Pat. I've already picked on her. Barbara's off in the bunker somewhere, changing batteries to her toy. Um, Taking a picture of my 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 ghost. I'm really glad that you pay attention. I'm here. Uh, I'm listening. Okay, fine, Barbara, you're up. What does okay. what does Trump do the first few days in office? I think that he will probably um, uh, erase or how they whatever word you want to use those illegal Obama executive orders. Um, I don't think he's going to repeal Obamacare. Um, I'm not asking you what you don't think he's going to do. I'm asking you what you think he's going to do his first few days in office. I think he'll repeal all those executive orders. I think he'll um, deal basically with some departments, um, namely education. Um, I can't think of any departments. Oh, God. Um, off the top of my head. Um, I think he's going to um, start to lower taxes. Um, 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 of course, that's going to have to go through Congress. Um, 
I think he's going to take his cabinet. Of course, he's probably already done that already. That would be done in the transition. Right. Um, he's going to get together with them and see, you know, what we can do to repair our, you know, our <clears throat> standings with our allies. And So he's basically going to have a busy few days according to the yeah. Trump administration, according to Barbara. Right. All yeah. right. Next, next up, great big supporter of uh, Ted Cruz. Founding member of the cruise crew, worked on the cruise crew, founded the cruise crew, met Ted in person, loves him dearly, Pat. What does Trump do his first few days in office? I'm trying to think of what he would actually do. The only thing that comes to mind would be put a life-size flag of him over the White House. (laughs) I don't like the man, and I cannot think of anything positive that he would do. Well, you just a said a, a life-size flag of himself over the White House. Now, <laughs> I got to tell you, that'd be some funny shit right there. <laughs> okay, Patricia. Well, I would hope he would um, start to, with, with deportation. Oh, yeah, okay. good one, good one. I really do. Okay. By the way, those of you that are in the chat, if you want to pop in, feel free. I will. Uh, I'll mention your comments. Um, now, Mark, remember there are only 24 hours in a day, and I'm asking what he will do in his first few days. Okay. First off, I will look to the people that he has surrounded himself with. Trump has surrounded himself with very conservative thinkers. So he would use the transition period to formulate what needs to go from the prior administration. So in the first two days, he will sign executive orders repealing the things that Obama has done. Then after that, he will petition Congress to put forth his agenda. If it means building a wall or deporting undesirables, he will start petitioning Congress for that. Then he will put forth his choices of the of SCOTUS, mainly Ted Cruz, and a few other people for cabinet-level positions and ambassadorships. But he will try to do in his first few days what will set out to be the Trump doctrine when it comes to American policy. Good one. A good one. All right. What I think he's going to do his first few days in office, first of all, he's going to try to remember where the elevator is to go up to the second and third floors. Okay. A lot of rooms in there to remember. Right. I would go check out the PIOC. What's that? The Presidential Emergency Operations Center, which is under the West Wing. Oh, is that where um, Keeper Sutherland went? That, that operation That center? is where he went. He went into the PIOC. Okay. Um, I think he orders an audit 
of the entire federal government. Good deal. I think that he also signs the firing of everybody that will resign when he takes office. I've heard as much as 25% of the federal government will resign. That'll be a great day. That gets us 25% of the way to our 50% of cutting that government in half. Yeah. Of course, Obama had 2,700 czars, which he did not need. Well, like I said, as as a as a businessman, I think he will order an audit of the departments. I think the department heads, not the secretaries, but the department heads, will be ordered to turn in budgets. And I I do think he will look through. I think he will look through and cut things out, and I think that will be beneficial. Mm-hmm. If he's smart, he uses Trey Gowdy's pork report and slashes stuff. You think Trey Gowdy's going to be AG? Um, I think he's one of three. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me one bit if uh, Rudy Giuliani was an attorney general. <laughs> hmm. I think he's the greatest homeland security. Uh, and that would be the other job. I think that I think the two serious contenders for a Trump AG is Trey Gowdy and uh, Chris Christie. Yeah, I thought I he think, was trying to back away from Chris Christie. I think Newt Gingrich becomes the White House Chief of Staff. Bob Corker is Secretary of State. The Secretary of Defense, I'm not so sure about if he's smart. He picks somebody with a lot of military prowess, and that the, think, that the military will support. I think he should bring back the trays. That'd well, be I interesting. Think, I think Flynn is poisoning himself as Secretary of Defense. Who? Take a general. If you pick a general for Secretary of Defense, General Flynn. You think he's putting himself in to be the one that Obama fired? The the yeah. only difference that I think from a Secretary of State to the Joint Chief or Secretary of Defense, I do think a Secretary of Defense should be civilian. Why? I mean, I'm not opposed to him having a military background, but I do think they should be civilian. Why is that? Well, because. You've got the Joint Chiefs to look at it from the military perspective. You've got the Secretary of Defense to look at it from the human perspective, and sometimes those two get very murky. Why? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why why did George Bush fire Donald Rumsfeld? He didn't fire him. No. Rumsfeld resigned. Why? Because he was tired. Yeah. No. Well, here's two interesting names for defense, <clears throat> and those would be Giuliani and Chris Christie. No and no. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> no. I think their, ba- their backgrounds are totally, totally yeah. separate from that. I don't yeah. disagree with General George Petraeus, but I don't know that he can get his security clearances back. Well, that's because of that's because of Obama and. Uh, well, even if he's pardoned, even if he was pardoned and it was completely wiped away, I don't think he can get his security clearances back. That's when you I, go it, to Alan West. Alan, oh, that's now, what I was thinking of. 
Colonel West would be I, a good I do think so, but I think if you put Colonel West in as the Secretary of Defense, you lose him in a stronger position of going through the VA. Yeah. I agree. But I'd rather see someone like Ben Carson in the VA. Dr. Carson would, would be okay in the VA, um, but I think he's going to be tagged for Surgeon General. The only issue I've got with Ben Carson, and, and I've only got one, and that is trying to make vaccines mandatory. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because I'm just going to be the first to tell you, if I have any more children, which I don't plan to, but you never know, um, they will not be vaccinated. They'll get the no MMR, way. and that's it. Because we think that part of what my son is dealing with with the Asperger's and my daughter deals with is was caused by that. Yeah. So, okay. Next and final topic, and then we'll call it a call it an evening, at least for the recording part of it. And that is, who do you think, based on what you've heard, we're going to do the who do you think wins and why? Okay, I'm not going to bore everybody with polls. There are some new polls out. One poll shows that Clinton got a bounce out of the debate, but when you look at the internals, it doesn't match what the poll says. Okay, it says that Trump is up 28, 22% amongst independents. He's got a stronger base of support with Republicans than Hillary does with Democrats. And it just, the numbers don't make sense. I don't know why they released that poll. It was stupid. Okay, who wins the presidency and why? Based on everything you know today, who wins and why? Pat, I'm going to go ahead and get it out of the way because I know you're going to want to spit. Okay. um, (laughs) I I do think it will be Trump, and uh, I think Hillary is not as strong as the media tries to portray her to be. No one that I know of is even thinking about her. Any sign I've seen around here says Hillary for prison. That is the only one that's out there. And um, I think only the inner cities will vote for her, and I don't think it will be enough to overcome. And I do think Trump will be the one that gets it. Will you support him as president if he wins? Yes. Pat, did you answer that? Yes, I did. Good for you. It's a good answer. Not what I expected, but good answer. Patricia. I believe Trump was, Trump is going to win. And the main reason is people like him more than they do. They don't like her. Does, if he wins, do you support him as president? Yes, I will. <laughs> Notice she had to clear her throat. I <laughs> Barbara. Trump will win because he's saying what the people want to hear. They're mad. Clinton won't get it because nobody trusts her. Um, especially nobody Anderson. really trusts him either. I don't trust nope. him either. I still, <laughs> I still won't vote for him. But deep side, 
I'll support him. Okay. Mark. I believe Trump wins, mainly because what the pollsters are using now are the 2012 and or 2008 models. In those two presidential elections, there were a host of people who stayed home. And with that being said, you have a lot of people whose votes in the polling is not being counted. So what you have with Trump is a dynamic figure who goes against the status quo. And what you see with the polling today favors Clinton. But in hindsight, Clinton is a very boring person. He is not liked. Trump's messaging is resonating among those who are not being counted in polls. So I believe you're looking to a 1988 Electoral College victory for Trump. Okay. And I think that uh, I think Trump wins. I think he wins in a landslide. And I think he wins for two reasons. One, he wins because of closet Trumpers. And two, partly what Mark said, because that goes into the closet Trumper thing. Remember, a lot of the Republican vote and independent vote stayed home in 2012-2008. And so you saw, in 2008, heavy numbers for a black candidate, people that have not voted before or have not voted since. 2008, you saw lackluster support for a Democratic candidate and a lot less support for a Republican candidate, and so they have fallen off. And you've got those that are not publicly saying, won't say over a phone, won't say in a poll, won't say anywhere that they're supporting Trump. But the truth of the matter is, the tr- the support for Trump is very, very heavy, and it's going to be an early night for political pundits. It's going to be an early night for political strategists. And I think early voting, which starts uh, here in about two weeks. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I think that we're going to see Trump. There's a, there's a move. I've seen commercials of his hit the air here. Uh, yeah. It's a push to get early voters out. So get ready for those uh, push polls and those robocalls because they're coming. Mm-hmm. All right. Having done that, on behalf of my co-host Mark and my guests that have come on today to give us their two cents, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This program was brought to you by the Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com, right news at the right time, and Chick-fil-A, where they didn't invent the chicken, just that delicious number one chicken sandwich, large fry, large Coke. Um Remember, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thanks, soldier. For without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And this is Political Straight Talk saying, have a good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.